Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. And in today's episode, we're talking with Ed O'Keefe. Ed is an entrepreneur and he is the author of Time Collapsing, The New Art of Speed, Power, Money and Meaning. And uh, I have to tell you, I've read the book um, and, and absolutely couldn't put it down. It's, a, it's an excellent book. You ought to go get it. We're going to talk more about that. Now, I, I think Ed will tell you, most importantly, he's a father of seven um, and they're all under the age of 12. So he's going to get a medal from me. We've got four wow. and I don't know how Ed, I don't know how you do seven, but um, but that's awesome. And uh, and he's gone from being dead broke to cracking the code of starting and taking multiple businesses from zero to uh, multiple seven and eight figures. And 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 that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to, to talk with Ed, because if somebody takes one business there, that tells you something. But if they do it again and again and again, uh, that person's got a little bit of the, the code to, to do it. And so. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to talk with Ed today. So, Ed, welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks a ton. I'm I'm really um, excited and honored to be here. So, four kids—that's pretty awesome, Steve. You know, that's that's pretty amazing. And uh, you know, I think one's outstanding. So, whatever <laughs> people are at, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, it's all awesome. But I, it's it's got to be a different skill set um, to to uh, be able to wrangle seven under the age of twelve. So, my hats off to you. Yeah, thank you. In fact, my two and a half year old just walked into the home office and realized that she heard voices. So <laughs> my wife's got her though. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. I love the whole idea of being an unstoppable CEO because there's so many. Um, there's probably, I mean, as many of your listeners and yourself can understand, there's there's always arrows that are telling us to stop and to not move forward. So um, I'm excited to be here to talk about it. Awesome. Well. I guess to, to get started, why don't you share with us a little bit about how you got started in business? Yeah, um, I, I kind of probably I stumbled my way, uh, probably like many uh, entrepreneurs. Um, I was I was in nursing school. I was playing volleyball in college and I was going through nursing school. Um, you know how I got in that? I think I just wanted to help people. I didn't really know, you know, what, you know, you're 18, 19, trying to dictate what you're going to be the rest of your life. So it wasn't until like my end of my junior year that I stumbled across, um, uh, you know, an audio program called Dennis Wait by Dennis Waitley uh, called um, Psychology of Winning, and then Earl Nightingale's Lead the Field, and 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 like so many people, once you kind of get that bug of like why, or actually for me, coming from a blue collar family, I'm, I'm the twelfth of thirteen kids here on the South Side of Chicago. And uh, so you want to talk about amazing, you, you know, hopefully you'll get a chance to meet my parents someday because they're they're still alive and they're they're still they're just amazing. Um, for me, it was like the world exploded and everything was uh, no one had ever told me that, you know, you can create and do and be whatever you want to be like. And I'm not saying my parents didn't tell me that, but, but no one ever like literally said you can just go if you want to be a motivational speaker, you can become a motivational speaker. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I didn't even know what those words meant. So it was in my, it was around that time that I, I started on the journey and I um, left college and, um, you know, I started my own motivational speaking business because I just, I was motivated. I was excited. I wanted to share it. Um, 
I'm kind of like, I guess, like the smoker who quits, wants everyone else to quit too or something. <laughs> I just want everyone to know. And uh, um, after a few years of that, I, I realized that really was not a business model and uh, the way I was running it, by the way. Um, and it, I stumbled across like Dan Kennedy's work, um, Corey Rudel's work, some of these guys who were teaching direct response marketing. And then I segued all the information I was speaking uh, to teams about on mental toughness, uh, neurolinguistic programming. And I created my first mental toughness manual specifically for the volleyball market and specifically for coaches. And so I was doing that about a year and a half and um, things were getting better. The more I learned about marketing, this is actually probably the first writer downer. The more I learned about direct response marketing, the more my income went up. And I then kind of realized that if I really want to make real money beyond just a hobby side income, I needed to um, be in a different market. Okay. So I transitioned into uh, starting a dental marketing company, helping dentists to grow, to attract patients, uh, high quality patients who uh, pay, stay, and refer. It was kind of one of our slogans. And I did that for about nine years. It was a success, very, very successful business. It was the first time I ever experienced uh, making money, like at a, at a different level. And then I, after about nine years in that market, you know, had the bug probably for about three or four years while I was in it, to be honest with you, um, to do something different, to do something more scalable. And that is when I went on the journey of learning about the health supplement business and um, I'm still in that business. Um, we, I don't operate or run the company anymore. I'm in the transition phase of just being the, um, I guess I'm still CEO, but I'm trying to move. Uh, I, the definition of that's kind of loose, right? So I, I am not involved with day-to-day -day operations and the company this year is up 40%. So I'm very excited about that. And, um, and so I also have a coaching business where we teach people who want to be in the health supplement market how to uh, profitably enter, grow, and and leverage their business um, so they can create the lifestyle they they really really want. And so that's a big chunk. And I haven't even mentioned the book Time Collapsing. So I I wrote the book Time Collapsing the last couple of years. Uh, very proud of it. And then I'm also an investor and strategic investor in. A uh, brand new company called No Foods. That's K N O W Foods.com. It's a uh, gluten-free, grain-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, soy-free, uh, 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 phenomenally uh, uh, nutritious product that also tastes amazing. So I'm an investor in that alongside with Jesse Itzler, and uh, that's kind of my big chunk, Steve. Hopefully, I didn't lose your audience. Um, I didn't really realize I was going to ramble that long. <laughs> hey, that's quite all right. Uh, you know, in You've gone through a, a, a real journey and it's it's been through, you know, a, a number of businesses, but it sounds like you've gotten to a place that a lot of entrepreneurs really kind of dream about where they've created something, but they can step back from the day to day um, and, and really become um, the, the creator and investor rather than the manager and and, you know, the person that runs the business. Um, and, and so I, that's just a phenomenal achievement that very, very few people actually, you know, they get to. So, um, I'm excited to, to learn a little bit more from you, uh, in the time that we have together about, about how you made that transformation. So, um, and, and thanks for sharing all of that. What I, I'd really like, um, to start with is 
some of the things that you use when you hit the roadblocks. And I mean, one of the reasons we named this the Unstoppable CEO is that um, having grown my first business as I went through that process and we got it into the seven figure mark, I mean, it was just constantly there was something going on that where the world was getting in your way and you had to persist through all of that. And and the successful people I found have developed mindsets and models for getting through that. So um, I'm wondering if you might be able to share one or two of the, the more important mindsets or models that you use to kind of break down those barriers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to tell a quick story. So a year and a half ago, about a year and about four months ago, I did a, uh, at the age of 40, I went and did um, a Navy SEAL uh, camp that was designed for civilians who were looking at going into the special forces community. It's, um, uh, it, was, it was designed by Commander Mark Devine, and it's a 51-hour nonstop mini Hell Week experience, okay? What's really good about – what was really good about that is I was training in CrossFit five days a week. I was I was over – I was over uh, – I was probably in better shape than most people, and then I, I had – you know, by when my wife said she would support me to do it, I did not hesitate in um, – and doing it and you know you go like well why would you even go do something crazy like that like literally no sleep 51 hours non-stop uh you know 30 to 40 percent of people who do it quit some i mean recently a guy died doing it and why would you do that and 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 honestly it's because it scared the crap out of me and i and i had that inner voice that said you know do you think <clears throat> do you think you really do you think you really got what it takes to go do this so I trained, I trained, uh, on, I haven't trained that hard uh, probably since college. And I honestly, God, I don't even think I even trained that hard in college. But the difference between now and back when I was at any other things is like once you entered that, um, you know, you checked in for that two and a half days or whatever it was of nonstop training, um, you, you know, your phone was turned off. You had no contact with the outside world. And, um, and I'll get to my point here in a second. You know, like you were all in, like you had, there's no turning back. It was like either you finish or you're a failure. Like at least that was in my head and everything I had studied about, um, Navy SEALs prior to that and all the research, the fact finder, like many people here, I've heard only one person say they've ever thought about like, like, so what happens is that you might think about quitting through hell week, but every single Navy SEAL that I've ever like spent time with will say, they close all options and doors. There is no doorway left to ringing the bell. Like those, these are the guys who um, actually graduate. And so I took that literally in my head, right? So when I went into this, um, everything was going great. We're about 26 hours in and something crazy happened. We're on this run. We're coming from the pool about, about a mile and a half run back to where the lake is and there's hills and whatever. And we have a certain time we had to make it in or else we we're going to punish whatever. The whole two and a half days is punishment, reward, all that crap. You're, you're really, they're really beating you down. And all of a sudden my body was like, um, I needed to pull over the, uh, literally step to the side of the road and, and I, I started throwing up and then I feel better. Started running and a couple blocks go by, I'm throwing up again. I get back to the camp and we still got, I still had 25, 24 hours left of this training. 
And, all, and so like most people, everything was going through my head like, well, what if this doesn't stop? What if I get dehydrated? Everything was going through that. And all I could all I could grasp on in that moment was a letter my daughter gave me and all my kids. My wife had my kids give me all a letter about. And she said, you know, Dad, you you've always told us that anything was possible and that where we can make the impossible possible. And so where I'm going with this is like, how do you handle these these moments of, uh, of the, there's a, the only reason I was, was very easy, even though my body was screaming that all I needed to do was go lay down. I just need to lay down. Like all I could hear myself saying in my head was I just need a nap. I just need a two hour. You know, I just need to lay down. And But you couldn't do that. That was, that was quitting. OK. And the thing that kept me anchored was that I had these these people that I committed to and also they committed to me. And so my why was so much stronger than any obstacle that was going to come my way. And what was magical about that is, you know, the next evolution came along and this is probably another lesson too. So I was still, but my, my body didn't click back. So next evolution, we were in the, in the lake for like about two and a half hours trying to move this uh, makeshift raft that we created as teams across a lake. We saw it was horrible. We couldn't get anywhere. (laughs) But what happened was about two and a half hours. So I had to rely and here's probably part two of that lesson is I had to rely on my teammates, the people around me to carry the heavy weight during that uh, timeline. And then something magical kicked in, and I think this is a great metaphor for business, is that my body like just kicked full in in, in around, around 4 o'clock that day, 3.30, 4 o'clock. And what followed that was my spirit was so lifted because I was like, wow, I'm back. And I really felt that way. And I think those are just, um, when I look back on, on all the challenges that we faced, and we still face them today, don't, don't, I mean, I don't think this is a, uh, I don't think these challenges that we're in um, is why, you know, I feel like most entrepreneurs are in it because they feel deep in their gut and their soul that they were put here to do something special. And so I could go back to when I was that 24 year old kid walking and I remember praying like, you know, I know I'm here for a reason, but you know, can you speed this up a little bit because it's getting a little old of being broke every, you know, you have a nursing degree yet your family thinks you're crazy. Everyone thinks you're nuts yet. You're sitting here trying to move forward. And so I would say the anchor point is that I've always had this why like of knowing I was put here to do something amazing. And my amazingness is I I can't allow these things to stop me. So, uh, that was a long rant, but, um, is really, why are you in this? Why are you doing this? Because the what, it always changes. Like sometimes, you know, the the tactics of making money are always evolving. So you have to have a strong enough why in order to <clears throat> ebb and flow and be um, have a self-belief that you are going to figure things out. Well, that's a, that's a I think, a really key point. And uh, amazing to me that you made it through through that physical process, I have a, a good friend. We actually interviewed him on the, the podcast uh, a few episodes ago, and uh, he went through the uh, another, another one of the programs that Mark Devine puts on, and uh, not quite as intense. Um, Did you do the twenty X? Uh, could have been. Um, and he's thinking about going back out. He's sixty. 
two years old, I believe, uh, this year, and and in probably better shape than most twenty year olds. Um, we had we had uh, two people that were close to that age, if not. I mean, it's amazing what the body can do if you decide to train it and believe in it. And so that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think it's more of a mental, I mean, yeah, the physical challenge has got to be unimaginable, but the mind is what'll make you quit. And, um, I remember reading in, in the book time collapsing, which I want to talk about in a minute, sure, how yeah. you, how you modeled, um, some of Mark Devine's approach when he was going through the seal hell week, um, and something in there that you wrote, jumped out at me like he described it as turning it into an enjoyable experience how could you know how you could ever take something that is so physically difficult and you know probably on the surface unpleasant and convince yourself that that is actually an enjoyable experience um it's yeah. pretty amazing to be able to do that and it, and it speaks to the power of the mind in getting you through some of these things yeah you know um it, and it, and by the way, I'll just tell everyone like it worked. Um, uh, you know, I, I think I put like the in, in my chapter the invisible face of mental toughness. I think is where I talk about that. But um, Mark Devine's book, Unbeatable Mind, phenomenal book. Another person, if you look at one, look like so David Goggins, um, who's a Navy SEAL I've had on my show, phenomenal guy. He's, he's he holds the uh, uh, most pull-ups in 24 hours. I think he does like 4,017 pull-ups in like. Um, and he, he's done probably dozens of 100-mile races. But the reason I share that is um, he tells a great story. Um, everybody has heard of the, uh, the movie The Lone Survivor, right? And uh, have, you, have you, Steve, not to put you on the spot, have you heard of the movie? Yeah, Lone it's a fantastic Survivor? movie. Yeah, yeah about with Marcus Luttrell. And, um, and Michael Murphy um, was one of the key main characters whom – uh, you know, he put himself out in the open to get a radio signal through and knew he would end up uh, dying because of incoming fire. He put himself in the site, but he needed to get a signal out for his men to be rescued. And um, so in CrossFit, there's a lot of uh, Murph is a common uh, workout uh, that is is uh, legendary. But uh, David Goggins tells the story uh, about on his Facebook wall about how in buds he turned to the, you know, this guy next to him had the, a smile grinned like ear to ear when they were in this frigid cold water. And, um, Goggin says, why are you smiling? And Murph replied back because I replied back something to the effect of, because I dreamed of this moment my entire life. And um, I will tell you that smiling in cold water works. Uh, smiling when you're holding a log over your head works. I mean, there's actually photos. There's probably four photos from my experience going through it where I have a nice grin and some really funny moments. But, um, but, that's, not to, but that's not to brag about what I did. I, I think um, uh, Mark Devine actually inspired that. If you smile, breathe, stay present, and uh, say something positive, you're way more powerful in the present moment. In most big challenges, like, you know, if we were going to do a, a thousand burpee wad to get workout together, which I did in prep work, you know, how do you do that? I mean, you're sitting there for in the sand for three hours by yourself, talking to yourself, right? But you, but any of us can do three at a time, right? And, or one at a time. And so as long as you're just patient with yourself 
and you keep moving forward, um, most chance and stay present. Most people quit because they're too focused on what's negatively going to happen in the future, you know, and it's not real. So, um, I think one of the key characteristics that I work with athletes on that I coach and whatever is, you know, it's the score is zero, zero at all times. We stay present, we breathe and we, and um, I think you apply it to understanding. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. That's great. And, and this, to me, this is, uh, this is so important for entrepreneurs who are trying to create a business. Um, you know, yeah, I know we're talking about a lot of physical stuff and, and, and it's great in that context, but, you know, take this out of that context and plug it into, um, you know, your biggest client just fired you and what are you going to do? And you've got to be able to approach it with that same kind of calmness and and be able to act in that present moment without without it overtaking you. So and I want to talk a little bit about this book that you've written, because um, as I told you before we started, I, I've read the book, um, actually sat down with it and, and couldn't put it down. Um, and so over the course of, of a day, I, I went through the whole thing. Um, and, and there's a lot in there that, um, that I've, I've seen or heard before through personal development, but I think you just did a masterful job of pulling all that together and making it really clear. And, (laughs) and, um, and so we actually just bought 10 copies of this. We're doing a workshop for our elite mastermind clients on Monday, and we're going to hand this out to them. And, um, and I, th- I think it's that important. So tell me a little bit about what you mean by time collapsing. Let it, explain that to everybody, please. Well, yeah, I mean, so time collapsing, the new art of speed, money, power, and meme. I mean, the concept is that high performers are like the elite, you know, top 3%, which by the way, you know, simply by listening to a podcast, you're in the top 10% of the population, maybe even higher. And then working on yourself, you know, you, it's not hard to get in the top 10%. I think I talk about that too. Like, you know, world-class three percenters, no one wants to do the slow, slow way to success. Now, I, I will say that there's some things that just take longer than other things, even if you're utilizing these principles, right? But how do we, how do we um, collapse this, this generalized uh, belief system of how long things are supposed to take? And I'll give you an example. Like most people say like, well, most businesses take three years to become profitable. Well, who that who is most businesses? Um, you know, and y- you know, it, it takes ten thousand reps to become world class and stuff. You know, like well, yeah, if you're in some some areas, I mean, there's some areas that if you're competitive, I mean, really, if, if you do hundred reps more than your competitor, the top competitors, and they're only doing eight hundred, uh, then you're you're in the top one to three percent just by choosing the right market to be in, you know? And so one of the key elements I think that illustrates it best, um, Steve, is you talk about the, I, I mentioned the leapfrog theory, which is, uh, it came from the book I read, uh, Winning Through Intimidation by Robert Ringer. I think he wrote it in like 1976. So I was one at the time. And he, 
he talks about how um, the leapfrog theory is you have no moral obligation um, to work your way through the ranks. That at any given time, you can uh, decide and proclaim yourself to simply leap to the top uh, and just claim it. Now, he says you have to be able to back it up. You have to be able to back it up or you'll get knocked down the ranks very quickly. But, um, but you know, where do we see that? Um, we see that in education where people are like, well, what was your degree? Well, my degree was in nursing, right? So who am I to teach people how to start a business or become profitable? Um, I do not have any certifications in health, yet I run, I've sold close to a million bottles of health supplements and over $60 million in health products. Um, so it's really throwing out these false limitations that don't really exist. And then the secondary component is um, I'm only interested in identifying the models that are going um, that are, are have built or are doing precisely what I want to do. And then um, I just I have a, a system inside time collapsing about modeling. And then we just replicate what they do and they're doing. And if we do that properly, we can replicate results very, very rapidly. So if you take those two mental constructs, um, it allows you to get to the top of the, the uh, food chain very, very rapidly rather than working your way through the ranks. I know my Ireland just came and joined me again. Um, that's great. Here, yeah, I'll grab that for you and then you need to go take it to mama, okay? Uh, so does that, does the, and then the only thing I would say too, Steve, for your listeners is think about your competition. Where are they? They're, they're all working their way through the ranks. So where are the elite top 3%? Well, they're not working their way through the ranks. They're at the top. So I mentally reorganize everything to say, how do we get inside that top 3%? as fast as humanly possible, how do we get what would take six years results in six months? And then we just orientate everything, strategy, belief systems, value systems, team, based on those questions. Um, I'm coaching my daughter's 12 and under volleyball team. I've coached for 20 something years uh, since I was 19. And the first thing I did was go on YouTube and look up the US national championships from last year to see what was going on at the national championship match. What were those teams doing? What did, you know, just to mentally reorganize my, my thought process as before I build out the, uh, the game plan. Yeah. I mean, really what you're talking about is being very intentional about what you're trying to achieve. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of, a lot of business owners will go into it thinking I'm in this business and I'm trying to get ahead and I'm, I'm working, 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 but I, I don't see that many that, that pause and stop and step back and say, like, who is world class at this and what are they doing differently that I'm not doing? And in the book, you talk about modeling and you've got a process for modeling. Can you talk a little bit about how you do that when once you set your sights on on the target, how, how you kind of break down what they do and, and model it? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll use the business context since that's what we're doing, because I use modeling in everything. Like, I mean, it's just it's not in in, in everyone I've studied who's successful. Hey, baby girl, go show that to mama. OK. Um, uh, uses modeling. So so, you know, like I use I show the, the chain of like um, 
like, let's say, say someone wants to model my business, right? Uh, my health supplement business. <clears throat> What's the chain of like getting access to Ed? And the best chain is personal being mentored, sitting in the office, watching every single thing he does from getting the same manufacturers, getting the same traffic sources, getting the same uh, designers, programmers, all of that. That is, that is like literally the best thing you could possibly do, right? So you start going down the chain, but I'll, I'll work our way up the chain first. The, the first thing is like, you know, what do we naturally do when we're trying to learn from somebody? Uh, listen to their podcast, buy their book, um, increasing intimacy by, and that's kind of sounds a little weird, but it wasn't meant to be, but like increase, increasing personal engagement by um, attending a live event. I mean, what I found is that uh, a live live training with somebody, not only uh, do you learn content, but your unconscious mind will assimilate patterns that there's no way you can get by being virtual, Why, by watching the behavior and all these other things and just being listening to certain language patterns that come up in live events that just never, never will happen virtual. But you had to have liked the book and the podcast and the YouTube videos and the whatever virtual training to then make the mental commitment a lot of times to go to live. And then usually it's, well, I want, I want to be coached by that person or I want to be mentored or, or consultation. And then you have higher level degrees of engagement. And there's also a cost, a cost or an investment increase with each step in that. So um, like, you know, you're running events, you're doing things. And so you want people who understand Look, if Ed's going to sit down and give me his blueprint, I'm willing to invest X amount of dollars in order to remove time. You know, that is literally the system. And so in the book, I also talk about, you know, what are you doing as like a billionaire or these people that are, don't even have, you can't, you can't spend enough money to buy their time. So then I have a whole system inside the book, which I'm happy to talk about, but how do you get access to people? And how do you become inside your circle? I will use both things. Like if there's someone I want to learn from, and I believe they have our model, like a model that will shortcut my time frames, I will jump as fast as humanly possible to the one-on-one -on -one, uh, value exchange as quickly as possible because I just don't have time for all the fluff. And that was something that I understood before I had money, if that makes sense. I, I was blessed with this, if, you know, one thing God gave me was a curiosity and understanding that we aren't gonna be, we don't have time to learn it all. So how do we get as closely humanly possible to the source and uh, that buying uh, specialized knowledge is one of the fastest ways to decrease uh, time lag. Yeah. And I mean, that, that to me is really, that's one of the primary purposes of money is to be able to, to leapfrog you ahead and, and be able to, to essentially buy time. I mean, that's what you're talking about doing. Um, you know, in the book, you, you talk about leverage and how you went through an evolution in your businesses. Um, and, and you kind of outlined the, the different businesses at the beginning and with with each one, you can see this progression to greater and greater leverage so that you're getting freer and freer. Um, and 
and that's, you know, so you can certainly do it by changing businesses and changing models. Um, and I think you can also do it within a business. But as you approach, like looking at leverage, what are the key things that you're looking for? And how, how do you build that into the business? Most businesses that I spend time helping or working with coincidentally are in the health supplement, health info, health food business, right? But but if I was looking at leverage, one of the first things I look at and the first thing I spend time on. So right now, I'll be very specific. The the, the, the ultimate leverage point within the business is what? It's the um, sales fulcrum, right? Whether you're face-to-face, phone, or even like, you know, but online, it's it's what percentage of people who come to the website buy, and then how much do they buy? And those are the two most critical elements of <clears throat> potentially scaling a business. Um, there's other factors, but let me just stick with these here right now, because these are like when people are like, well, and I'm so busy, I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, every book I read on management tells me I'm supposed to be running six meetings a day. But I started this business. We got to our first million, a couple million through selling. And now I'm, I'm reading the book about how to become a better CEO. And it's telling me I got to run meetings, right? Well, that, that's at least been the entrepreneurial trap with myself and many of the people I mentor is if you're not designed to run meetings, like if you just can't stand them and you, you would rather be selling or creating uh, sales assets online, which like could be a, a sales letter, a video sales letter, uh, pre-education that fills a workshop where people then become clients, writing the book that then books is going to be your number one lead generator. Like all like inside that, there, there's like three main areas, Steve, that I believe are if I'm not working on something that's going to attract more uh, quality customers who then will buy, I'm not delivering value. And, Creating assets in business, right? It's going to give you massive leverage. And so, specifically, I'll tell everybody to show you the power of it because I didn't understand this when, like, in, when I was in my dental marketing consulting business, we only had a couple avenues to really get clients. We were doing email drops to like newsletters and ma- like magazines that would bring in leads, and then we would send out special reports and do telecalls and stuff like that. In the health supplement business, you have, or if people are in, like, it's a broader market, so you can have 30 different mediums to go get customers, but that creates complexity, right? And so what I always teach is, like, where's your where's your zero, uh, ground zero, that if you aren't going to be successful there, and when ground zero is uh, the most hyper potential, hyper-responsive market that we can target based on who we identify as our best customers. And if we can't be successful there, going wider is just gonna be even more or less successful. So let's optimize our sales message with that group. And um, with Marine Essentials, with Marine D3, my main product, I was working on this for about a year before one day well, actually, it's probably about two and a half years because we were in direct mail first and we went online. And I think some of the stories in the book. But then um, uh, I tested two things to that to that sales process that increased the average transaction size by $100. And um, 
at day zero, which online with the supplement business, that's a big jump. And it improved conversion rates. So my company was able to go from like 200,000 a month to 1.7 million a month in less than four months. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's going from a uh, $2 million a year business to a, you know, $17 million, $18 million a year business, uh, like, like literally by fixing that one thing. So with every business I go into, that's where we focus first uh, because that is your fulcrum. That's your most important fulcrum. Hey, that, that that's just a, a great perspective. And um, we're about out of time. We got a few minutes left and I don't know if there's anything we haven't touched on yet. I know you've got a ton of different things in the book, um, but if, is there anything we haven't touched on that, that you feel is important that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited if, if, if any of you are really into like eating healthy, I mean, uh, you know, no, no foods, I, I really think is going to be a, one of the biggest disruptive, uh, waffle, donut, muffins, uh, bread slices, uh, they, I mean, they have protein bars coming out and, um, What's been fun about that, I mean, I'll just share this from another business perspective, is that I've been researching all the other billion dollar type companies that um, are marketing online. And so one of the new things for me has been what's different about that type of product is that you can try the waffles out, heat them up. And if you eat them and you like them, Steve, which I know if, if unless you're just used to I mean, Dunkin' Donuts does end up in our household, so we are not the perfect household as far as nutritionally. But personally, I do my best to to eat the no foods because it has you know egg whites and it's, it's so clean and almonds and chia seeds. But here's my point: if people try it and they like it, um, they are never going to not. I think they're going to continue to buy it. And then what's different about that versus the health supplement business is that, you know, people who buy the health supplements, they really need, you know, to take it for 30 days, 21 days, 15 days before they feel like truly feel the difference. And so it's got me really thinking about moving forward. How do I deliver the value up front so people can experience success on day zero and create enthusiasm on day zero rather than making them wait for that excitement. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. And, you know, we work uh, with a lot of different kinds of businesses. Most of them are, are delivering a service of some kind. And I think one of the big mistakes that that's often made is not thinking through how you give the client that win right off the bat, even if it's a little tiny one just to get, make them feel good. And uh, I, I love that. So if you eat it and you try it and you like it, you know, that that's your win. Um, I'm going to have to check out no foods. Uh, we, yeah. have, we have Krispy Kreme down here in the South, but, um, oh, but it's not exactly healthy. <laughs> um, feel your listeners can use the uh, code EOK uh, and they'll get a free pack of uh, the donuts. The donuts are really good. I don't get any commissions on that. I just asked, um, I asked the CEO over there if I can get a code to start giving to people when I go on podcasts or when I talk to my own clients because um, we're passionate about it. And what's also positive, and this is another thing, a lesson, and I know you're probably about to kick me off, but the other side that's beautiful about that is if they don't like it, that's okay too 
Because now they just now you you're not chasing people. You're not trying to convince people to do stuff. And I think um, you know with um, the, we're in the transparency age. So how quickly can you bring up? Uh, you know, how quickly can you get people to make a decision by giving value and or asking questions that filter themselves in or out as quickly as humanly possible? And really, it's about putting the customer in the driver's seat or the client in the driver's seat and uh, and not trying to get anybody to do what maybe they don't want to do, um, but but facilitating them getting what they really want. Um, that's fantastic. So if uh, somebody's listening to this and they want to learn more about you and, and, and learn more about the book, what are the best places for them to, to find you? Yeah, uh, you can check us out at timecollapsing.com. That's timecollapsing.com um, and or Ed O'Keefe Show. That's E-D-O-K-E-E-F-E show.com. I have a, a podcast up there and um, I, I, I admire what you're doing here, Steve, because I know how much work it takes to put into these things and uh, you're doing a great job. So, um, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. And um and then oh, last thing is, tell, you know, get to the last third of the book. The last third of the book was probably my favorite part of the book. And I don't, <laughs> don't usually get to the last third of books. Um, so uh, if, you, if you get it, check it out. I think this is the, the time of life to um, skip to creating what you want to create because the barriers to entry are so low that don't don't spend years building a business you don't want when you can when you can have it now it might require you to learn stuff but isn't that what's exciting you know so um yeah yeah absolutely and and i really recommend everybody go get the book um it's an outstanding book and uh and i read a lot of books i read you know 50 or 60 books a year um this is this is definitely a standout out of the ones i've read over the last year so um Congratulations. It's a great book. And uh, everybody go check that out. Timecollapsing.com and edokeefshow.com. Ed, thanks so much for spending a little bit of time with us and uh, investing some time with us. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everybody. This has been awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.